So By the way, listener, Zach had his hands in the air worshiping to butt stuff. <laughs> Good grief. It's the subscription model, man. This is how we're going to make our millions on the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beer. This is episode 160. Yeah. Zachary, how you doing? I'm a terrible yogurt warrior. I love yogurt. Uh, Andy? Uh, yogurt was invented in Greece? <laughs> and Scotty's back! Hey guys. <laughs> uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of anything to do with yogurt, so... Oh man! Actually, you're the guy who just ate yogurt. Hey guys! Hey guys! I just had a bunch of yogurt. It was good. Oh, lactose intolerant. Yogurt ads have been popping up. That's like, why your voice is like that. Like this. Yeah. Yogurt makes me tired. <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. As being a, I'm a man. I'm a grown That's, ass. I'm wow. A, I'm a grown ass. You're man. identifying as a man tonight, huh? Uh, my name is Zach. He him. And I'll just say, as a, as a man um, entering his 40s, still still the young 40s, but still 40s. No, you've entered. You are currently in, in them. Yeah, the yeah. door is entering. shut. Yeah, yes. Entering means you're 39. What I meant to yeah. say, I'm I'm well into my early 40s. Does you've that been, work? You've uh, been okay, entered. Yeah. You're the latter part of your early 40s. Yes. Okay. All and, right. And so some ads are showing up uh, in, in the YouTubes and other things like, Hey, you know, testosterone, you know, here are the foods you should eat. One of them has been yogurt because of uh, a certain bacteria. Oh yeah. That gut thing, right? There's yeah. a gut bacteria thing. It's like, Hey, but also I thought, Hey, I'm so tired of culture wars right now. I got a lot of, I got a lot of the Dr. Squatch ads today on YouTube. That was really good. I'm getting Dr. Squatch too. I should have left it alone, not explained it, but I yeah. am getting actual yogurt ads. Centrum silver. <laughs> Uh, have you been talking about having issues or with your gut lately? Because I guarantee YouTube is listening. I know oh, yeah. that mic is on. Oh, really? You think YouTube? Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Dude. Yeah. Definitely. I got YouTube going like <clears throat> not all day. Close enough. My boss might be listening, but yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Are you saying words out loud like, Crohn's or <laughs> diarrhea, <laughs> cirrhosis of the liver. I hate when I get the diagram or the cartoonish leaky gut marketing <laughs> to me. I'm like, oh God, what was, like, yeah, when did we become gut? okay uh, advertising this? Gosh, I like the bottom of the page of whatever web page you're on, the, the ads that are designed to, yeah. to grab you, like early signs of lung cancer and it's like somebody just holding their shoulder like like I, I have shoulder pain oh my god I got cancer I thought I threw my shoulder out it was cancer <laughs> turns out it's cancer on the ball of my foot I don't know what the shoulder had to do with but guys this moment brought to you by um, Knob Creek bros bibles and bourbon tonight bros bibles and bourbon yeah well, thank you, Zach. Yeah, thank you for uh, for fueling tonight's episode. Yeah. 160, that's a milestone, guys. 160. Some people have said... It's a square number. <clears throat> I guess... Um, I'm not I'm not sure about that, but it's let's go even. With it. Yeah. What's the definition of a square number? Some, uh, well, you could if you... It, you know. Something a numbered for squared. I'm sorry, audience. That was your five seconds of math <laughs> tonight on Bros, Bibles, and Beer. But that's pretty impressive. Uh, how many years 
total do you, uh four no years? more than that five years yeah we're at least 25 five. years five at least before podcasting was invented uh, we're at least five years five plus years i went back and uh whatever whatever podcast app i was using did this unintentionally but it it uh played the very first episode when you downloaded, wow! I was or doing subscribe. I was doing something else, and I was ch- like, I was checking one of the episodes recently uploaded, and and it flipped to the first one right afterwards, maybe. And I was listening to that. I was like, I realized I had not listened to the first one. Eh, and uh, <laughs> you're probably glad you hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> if I had, well, that's that was just us sitting inside a buddy's house with the blue ball. Con- coincidentally, today I pulled my blue ball out. And I considered, I'm like, I should probably sell this thing. I have it. Dude, I have for the, the listener. Whole, that- whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that is an auction item later on down the road. Oh. For the listener, that is a piece of technology. It's a microphone <laughs> called the blue ball. Made by Yeti. <laughs> yeah. If you're on a budget and you want a decent, well, if you want a microphone. <laughs> if you want a decent microphone, you should look somewhere else. Look somewhere else. <laughs> but if you're on a budget and you're a bunch of dudes that just want to talk in a room, it worked yeah, go Some listen to our first episode yeah. to see how, how well, well it works. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There you go. Go listen to that one and then then come back and find Blue out. Blue Balls is the best if you just got a bunch of <laughs> Go with <laughs> a bunch of guys. Just, one Blue Ball. Go listen to Chris, our good friend Chris Messina, talk about people committing homicide. <laughs> homicide? homicide? Are we still doing homicide with the yeah. Blue Ball? Yep. Yeah. Hey guys, I got a quick teaser coming up on the show. Chris Date has some excellent Uh, thoughts. Yeah, that's coming up. (laughs) That's Chris Date. Chris Date on Bros Bibles Beer. That's all time. Uh, Unedited. Well, I clipped it, so it's edited. (laughs) That was the entirety of his comment. No, Chris Date is not scheduled to come on Bros Bibles and Beer, which is a bummer. That'd be good to have him on. Who's well, Chris Date? Chris Date's scheduled to come on through my phone tonight on Bros Bibles and Beer. Oh. oh. Hot take. Okay. He's a he's a theologian. I think he might teach uh, at a college. Um but he does he he didn't he do Rethinking Hell? Podcast Rethinking Hell. Podcast called Rethinking Hell, yes. Um how can we make it even better? Chris Date, Chris Date is to me as Tony Evans is to you, Andy. Ah, uh, but he's a really yeah, he's a really no smart idea guy. We're talking about that's good, and he can, he spanks people like just verbally, yeah, ver- oh, verbally, oh, oh, yeah. And by that, Scott means he has an intricate system whereby he speaks into a microphone and it goes to a pulley system that goes to the other side <laughs> yeah. of the room where the individual is bent over a couch in an actual paddle. Will hit them on the butt if yeah the audience their brain, their brain <laughs> see Zach now. <laughs> uh, welcome to Chris Evans date. <laughs> Chris Evans. Chris Evans. How, how much of that Knob Creek have you had? Right? Uh, yeah, so. uh, Captain America's. I thought you were going slow tonight. It's weird that Captain America would have a bottom spanking Rube Goldberg theology <laughs> machine <laughs> down the <laughs> down the rabbit hole. I don't understand go. this, but I'm interested in these clips. Hey, Captain America, if we know anything, is most concerned with the truth, and so rethinking hell is just right in that tool tool belt of his. I just really imagined right, it being like, right. I think we could do better than this, guys. Let's make it better. This isn't hellish enough. How can we make it even better? Which means worse. Um, 
Well, do you want to dive into it or do we just want to uh, talk about what we're drinking tonight? We have some Knob Creek. What else is on? What is we've got the, the uh, I stole your last expatriate. We got the Botswana Boatswain. Boatswain, the uh, the uh, the uh, IPA from Trader, Trader Joe's, Joe's, which is dirt cheap and not um, recommended. You know, it's it's if you're on a budget, you you could do worse. You could drink Keystone. Natty. Yeah, <laughs> their their advertisement is like. Botswain American IPA when it's not your real good buddies coming over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what's left and that is complimenting my my bourbon, my Knob Creek. So Yeah, maybe mm. that's hiding it. And I'm, gonna get I'm going uh, I'm going millennial here. Got a uh, spiked seltzer water. Oh, that's it's, really woke. It's quaint and refreshing. <laughs> it's quaint and refreshing, which is the most millennial of descriptions. Yeah. It's good Flo- floral, but it is good, right? I mean, it's yeah. tasty. I yeah. like those. Yeah, seven or eight of them. You're feeling great. <laughs> um, By the way, I just want to go back to the fabric. Oh uh, yeah, we. I started it. I'm I'm pushing out. Like, dude, I love the fabric. Oh like, la- right, last my, episode to my sixth graders, and I, and one of them asked the other, like, what? What's up with the fabric? What's with your fabric? And I'm like, that's right, guys. Just yeah, let it go out the door. And to the rest of the world, 12-year-olds can carry, they can carry a motto. And I'll tell you what, it's going to come back around. And we can, and we'll have proof. We'll, we'll have like, well, that actual was proof. That was episode 159 when you brought that up that we're talking about um, Zach's pants. And Actually, no. Uh, I mean, we don't need to go into this, but Zach's the one who brought it up. You mentioned his, his uh, pant <laughs> Yeah, His exposed leg. Yeah, but it was Zach who said something about fabric, and I'm like, why isn't he saying pants? Either way, I like that you're perpetuating this on America's youth. That's well, cool. starting stuff and getting it to be mainstream is I've done it only once before, and that was with Recoculus. Big pardon. You, you did that with your 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 uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 elementary whoa, 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 school whoa, whoa, whoa. class. Or we no, no, no. <laughs> the word years ago. I used the word recoculus and it actually went and and I ended up seeing it on uh, a TV show. What does that look like? Recoculus or redonculus? Because redonculus I've heard. No, no, no. There's ridiculous and you take the dick out of it and you put cock piss. <laughs> you get recoculus. <laughs> substitute oh, for man. dick. I feel like dick dick's really... not sufficient. The dick in ridiculous was not sufficient for Jeff. no. <laughs> By the way, try using um. Don't try using the. Uh, <laughs> don't say yeah. the word cock. Yeah, by itself. The word cock. Really... I'm, I'm finding on an, an anecdotal survey I've taken, um, generally doesn't go over well <laughs> around the uh, the wives. Generally, all mm. right. Anyway, mm. actually, I actually prepare did for it. Many many months. Maybe not even many months, couple months. Uh, okay. How's your fabric is going to show up? Nice fabric. All right, yeah, fabric's serious. looking good today, dude. You're wearing your fabric so. I well. like that fabric. It's the pleats. You got that fabric. Well, I will say about Chris Date. I'm glad you asked, guys. I will say that <laughs> rethinking hell. Since we're on our way there tonight, clearly. <laughs> Um, we'll edit the recalculus out. <laughs> yeah, we'll get rid of that. That was recalculus. I'll edit it. Appreciated. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll edit it. I've got a couple clips, and we'll see where this goes. You guys can shut this off as soon as you're bored. But uh, Andy, 
All right. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I put it on a T like that? Gosh, dang. This is from the Pastor With No Answers podcast, which the host is Joey Svensson, formerly of Bad Christian Podcast. He apparently had a falling out with them. Oh, really? He's no longer on Bad Christian. And former guest. Former guest. On this show. Yes. We should have him on. Again. He had said he would come back on. He's somebody that has struggled with mental health stuff from time to time, but his podcast is great. He talks to people and he he's somebody that wants to grow and learn as a Christian and is definitely doing that and uh, has a podcast to kind of just, let's, let's find some answers, hear some debate maybe a little bit, tries to keep it friendly. He's a really friendly guy. I think you'll hear a couple of his laughs in here. This is a a conversation on predestination, um, which is whether or not God determined that I would take this sip right now. Mm. Mm. If you're Chris Dade, mm. clearly he did. Everything. Oh, it's, uh, I, I was trying to. I was trying ordained. to think if 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 Chris Dade was a Calvinist or not. Been, but yeah. Chris Dade was actually in the episode. I'm not sure if it's on the clip, but I was thinking, man, Chris Dade. I started listening to Rethinking Hell because I heard a debate between him and Albert Moeller on a different podcast on if hell is eternal or if it's conditional where it ends, like the wages of sin is death. And so you don't suffer for eternity. You just lights out, whether it's like a short period of time and lights out once you've like paid your dues, quote unquote. But anyways, at the time, all That doesn't align with the uh, Jesus died, descended into hell. Um, well, there's a lot, there's a lot right. there. Yeah. So, so that's, so that's different. So that's the, in the apostles creed, um, uh, that he died, rose again. And I thought that was in Apollo's creed. <laughs> well, but he, he lost. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he but, died. He died too. But, oh. but the word hell has, has changed definitions since the apostles creed slightly. So typically been today, rethinking it. yeah, typically today we kind of think of hell of, <laughs> Exactly. Um, um, Snuck wet one in there. The, the definition delay. that we would have of hell today isn't necessarily the one that Sheol. they had back in when the Apostles' Creed was written. So flaming turd pile. Yeah, and so when it said Jesus descended into hell, it's it it's more of he descended into the Abraham's bosom compartment of the the afterlife, the holding place, and he set those captives free. Not everyone who had ever died. So there'd be there'd be a big distinction there. Anyways, Ricky, you're coming with me. Derek, you're staying. Very interesting. <laughs> but uh, up until that point, all I knew was, well, I I did, don't like hell. I don't want to think it's. A you thing. don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Also, I don't, uh, I don't like to- the idea of it. I think it's a bad setup. But uh, up until that time, that was the only thing I knew about hell. That's that's all I knew. The Bible taught. And when I heard Chris Date debate Albert Moeller and Albert Moeller's responses were constantly, well, this is what we believe because it's what the church has taught. Yeah, we talked about that and he kept appealing to tradition a, a little too and much. And Chris Date yeah. kept hammering him with scripture after scripture. And that was one of my deconstruction catalysts where I'm like, oh my God, there's more to this particular picture. And so I started listening to Rethinking Hell, very interesting stuff. And similar to Joey Svensson, I went further than Chris Date would have preferred. I went from there to annihilationism into like a hopeful Christian universalism. Yeah. And just to clarify, Chris Date's position is that hell 
exists. It's just not eternal. It's, right. it's temporary. I think he would leave wiggle room for... We're not going to be debating the nature of hell. These are some clips that I think is going to blow your guys' mind. I All got right. a lot of entertainment out of this. Let's do it. Um, so the first one, if God doesn't cry, I don't believe. If one person goes to hell. Uh, and- Sorry, this is Chip Judd, not Chris Date. Okay. He, Chip Judd and Chris Date were talking about this. Chip Judd is on the other side of the predestined thing. All right, Remember, Chip. this isn't about hell. It's about predestination. How long was, what's his name? Chip. Chip Jet. Chip Jet. How long was he in the WWE? (laughs) Actually, he never left technically. He just kind of stopped performing and people have been wondering that too. There's a lot of fan fiction out there. Listen, brother. (laughs) Roll Tide. God doesn't shed a tear, then I don't want to go to heaven. If, if God, I've, I've got good news for you. Calvinism doesn't, doesn't entail that. I mean, I'm the first person to set to point out that God says in the Old Testament, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So God can send somebody to hell and and predestine that and grieve it. Um, now, I'm not saying you have to accept what I'm saying, but I am saying right, that right. my yeah. at least my understanding of Calvinism does not require that God just celebrates the the uh, the the damnation of the wicked. So that's kind of the, the quick setup. Any any thoughts on that, Chris Date? By the way, this is normal speed. <clears throat> this is not fast speed. This is normal speed. Chris date. So buckle up. He's got a quick yeah. mind. <clears throat> no, the first, I mean, the first reaction is that it feels a little contradictory. God is so sad that he caused you to go to hell that he predestined <laughs> you to hell. Yeah. Right? Like that. It's uh, good. You're picking up uh, on that. Can you play that one more time? Sure. If one person goes to hell, uh, via the and God DDT. doesn't shed a tear, <laughs> then I don't want to go to heaven. If if God, well, I, I've I've got good news for you. Calvinism doesn't doesn't entail that. I mean, I'm the first person to set to point out that God says in the Old Testament, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He's the first so God person. God can send somebody to hell and, and predestine that and grieve it. Um, now, I'm not saying you have to accept what I'm saying. So God predestines people to hell. And he also is sad that people go to hell. That's the contradiction you're picking up on. That's a little on the surface. It's it feels paradox. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and the Chip Judd was saying, like, I don't want to believe in that. I I don't believe in a God that would send people to hell and not grieve it. And Chris is saying, no, it's a misconception. Calvinists still think God grieves people that he decides to send to hell. Yeah. And so the Calvinist tries to get there, or they they get there by using. Romans nine for the most part, and and where I was hoping you'd say mental gymnastics, but <laughs> uh, where God uh, creates vessels for honor and vessels for dishonor. Um, as an example, well, Pharaoh. So, so it both really? both 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 ways. So Pharaoh would be an example of of creating a vessel of you dishonor, but point. then also. The vessels of dishonor God creates as an example to demonstrate His. Um, I think it's it's either justice or wrath. I'd have I have to go to the text, but but God creates vessels of dishonor to to demonstrate His His righteous judgment. <laughs> I'm just going to use that as the transition clip for, uh, and that's okay. Judd. Everyone. That's Judd right. doing that, not Date. No, that was Chris Date. Oh, that was Date. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Yeah. So there. So the contradiction <laughs> sounds like Mater from Cars trying to start his engine. <laughs> so the so the contradiction is God des- destining people for hell, but then being grieved that he des- being grieved that they go to hell, but he's the one that destined them for hell. Right. It was nothing right. that they did. Right. The human did nothing. Oh, you just wait. Mm. All okay. Right. Okay. <clears throat> keep it rolling. I mean, I have an, a question about that, but keep it going. You sure, Jeff? Hit it. You, you might forget the question. No, I won't. <laughs> and Chris, you tell I, I me if I misrepresent your views. Do you have a problem with God having the ability to save all? So in other words, the people that are saved... They're not choosing God. God chooses them. No, we're, we're reprobate, so we can't choose God. Mm-hmm. So the ones that are saved, God chooses them. The ones that are not saved, God did not choose them and could have. Are you okay with that? Sure. That's are a, you okay with that, Chip? No. No. Yeah, that, I, I think he's presenting a false dilemma there. It, it presumes that both of those things can't happen. Well, there well, there is some arguments for that Andy but the way Chris date reacts reflects the pretty much the hyper Calvinist view that you like you can't Jeff Pearson you did not choose God on Easter 10 years ago or whenever you right. came to Christ that you that only happened because God chose you you apart from that you're totally reprobate you can do nothing good and it's all part of this predestination where God ordains everything. Yeah. Now, um, so I guess to, to make a distinction between hyper-Calvinism and, and non-hyper-Calvinism, but, but I, I like Joey's question there. It, it's to get the, Cal, the Calvinist Chris date to commit to something that they don't normally do um, voluntarily. So it's to say that God could have chosen some, but he didn't. And that's an important uh, point that for whatever reason, not, not something the human did, it's based upon God's, based upon God's just decision that he didn't choose some for salvation. That's, that's the Calvinist view. And then hyper-Calvinism would entail uh, a double predestination. So not only did he not choose uh, those, but he actually destined them for hell. And then, and then there's another aspect which would be um how individuals come to believe so that'd be like their actions so that god would destine people's actions on whether or not they would believe yeah it has to happen in real in real time as well to simplify it there's arminianism which is we are we ourselves are um drawn to go and find and follow god like it is it's of our own accord that we we react and we choose, we choose to follow God. Calvinism is God has chosen you to follow him. Like, right. Those are the, that you could, yeah. you those could, are the two prevailing theologies. Yeah, you cannot have humans because of the, because they are totally depraved would not have chosen of their own free will to have followed God. That's Calvinism. Right. And the reverse of that, which is a reaction to Calvinism is Arminianism, 
which is we as humans are given free will and of our own accord and of our own free will, we can choose to follow God. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't say it's a reaction to Calvinism. There, there, there is. And there has to be free will. It, it actually is a reaction. Well, well, in, well in, the, in, the, even the according argue- to Wikipedia. <laughs> no, the, the <laughs> <laughs> no, some, some of the, some of the, it argue, did come after some of the free will arguments, um, are reactions to arguments made by Calvinists. Yeah. But, that's not to say that I just I just want to make the distinction that that's a side point. It's not it's not as important as, yeah. as the distinction between the two different theologies. Well, but, no, well, I just want to make the point that that the free will, the ideas of free will existed before Calvin in the whatever he lived in the 1500s or 1600s or whatever. Right. That that free will existed before that. Yeah. That, this that's is all. Di- I, that's the only point I want. And Armenian, yeah. it's different. It's it's separate. It's it's a specific. It's aimed at how are you does the individual specifically have free will to choose to follow God? Does free will exist in general is kind of like a separate, that's a larger issue. So it zooms in on these, on this like kind of one single focal point. And Jeff, do we, does God choose us or do we choose God or both? And that's why I think both can exist. I don't think it has to be a decision. So you might be a Molinist. That's another wrinkle to this. We're not going to go through all the in depth, all these in depth, but Molinism is like God knows everything. Well, Scott, you know better than I, I do, but like William Lane Craig talks about Molinism. Can we clip that? Um, <laughs> we're just going to edit that out. But Jeff, Jeff mentioned free will has to exist. So you, you would definitely be in the Arminian camp without knowing it. Most American Christians are because you believe you have agency in the world. And that what you do, your decisions matter, but also God, there might be some things that God has preordained, like the end of times and all that stuff. Most Arminians allow for God to have some of that uh, preloaded. Right, because of all the prophecy. Well, we've argued about the accepting Christ. Well, you've got to accept Christ. If you don't actually accept Christ... Then so it's like, well, is that ordained that I was going to accept Christ? But if free will exists, then we ha- and it has to. Then, it has, a, then, has to allow for the chance. Then we make the choice if we're going to follow Christ or not. There's it, free will. In I that. think that most Calvinists they they recognize how like yes, as you're living your life as a person from your perspective, there's some degree of freedom, and so they try to make arguments to accommodate this as Chris State will to more and more, in my opinion, absurd results. All right, we should hear Let's them then. Well, Let's well, hear them. Let me just... Wait, no, um, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, so the, Cal- the Calvinists would say that all those who God predestined will believe in real time, in, in life. Okay. So th- th- that's how kind of how they would, would answer that. Um, and then there are different types. So there's the hyper Calvinist and the non hyper Calvinist. But then there there is the um, maybe w- what some people call divine um, uh, defi- divine uh, meticul- meticu- <laughs> I know. Uh, I know you're you're a drink and a half in the yeah. ultra the ultra super mega yeah, Calvinist. I think, I think Pfizer's <laughs> coming out with a vaccine for that. Whatever you just said. Um. Um. <laughs> Where where God, where God not only decrees who will believe, but he decrees every action. And can't wait for the Johnson and Johnson. Calvinists don't Calvinists. typically offer up that voluntarily either. But Sproul, um, Piper, 
when you when they're at when they're asked the question, does God decree or ordain certain actions or or actions? They end up saying yes, He does, and and that means good all actions, actions, all actions, and I believe bad that actions. John Piper has said that if a woman is raped, God ordained that. Yes. And and not all Calvinists and this is hold good that. This is yeah. good news to the Calvinists. All right, let's let's yeah. hear what he has to say. And I know we got some Reformed people out there. Hey, hit us yeah. back. Let let us know uh, if we're missing anything. But here we go. This is why Chip Judd Chip Judd disagrees with predestination. I, th- I think it's a lazy person's need to feel a sense of safety and control Shots over fired. questions they don't have answers for. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't know how, I don't, you know, I've, I've listened over the years to people. I like to listen to people I disagree with because it makes me think. And, you know, you got the whole, okay, so then you got to make it a percentage. You know, God's 99%, we're 1%. Here's, here's my thing. There's a theme throughout scripture, starting from the first Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, all the way through, that, that ties choice to consequence, so there's consequences to choices. Predestination appears to remove that. In I, can't, other words, I don't see how. Well, there's no choice involved in my being saved. That's just not true. That, so that I can, is a misunderstanding. I can reject salvation. Uh, the fact is you do choose salvation. You had the capacity to choose otherwise, but you were predestined to choose what you did. Okay. Then, then, then I don't have the power to choose. There's no, no that's, you know, well, you're, you're Henry Ford. You can have any color Ford you want as long as it's black. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. Bam. <laughs> actually said that he, that's a historical. You can have any color yeah. Ford you want as long as it's black. Yep. Was there a time where the Fords were all black? Yeah, it was cheaper. Clearly, they were. Yeah. Well, so you cut it off at a point where we didn't get to hear the defense of that. I'm hoping you've got the follow-up. I've got versions of the follow-up. These are mostly in... I try to keep the clip short to allow for our discussion, but also keep it to where you would hear some responses and stuff. I'm assuming that was ordained. Well, hopefully you can keep it (laughs) short enough that we can misconstrue what they're saying. By the way, another... (laughs) Yeah. And... Uh, it's worth listening to this whole episode. It's not that long. He keeps it tight. It's like 45 minutes. But another one is uh, open theism to be thrown in with. We've we've had, um, uh, what's his name? Well, Photographer. Is- Thomas Ord to go with Molinism, Arminianism, Calvinism. Open mm-hmm. theism is uh, an open view of the future that there is true free will and that God can't control in ways that other views would say God can, but it's just worth noting that. So is that what he's saying in that clip there at the end? Cause no, who I don't remember any of their names. The non wrestler is (laughs) Chris date, Chris date, Chris pine, captain America in this clip. What he's trying, I think that was Captain Kirk. Yeah, that's Captain Captain Kirk. (laughs) Guys, there's captains everywhere. They're they're all over. Chris the place. Evans, that's who it was. Chris <laughs> Evans, isn't he a wide Chris. receiver? Oh, captain, my captain. Uh, so the it it does feel like he's playing both sides of the ball, right? Right, in that that you are predestined, and yet you can choose to accept your predestination. Is that the gist of what he was saying? Oh, he try. He's trying. He's trying to say Calvinists that, have to. Yeah, they have to try. He's trying to say that the Bible teaches that because people have. Uh, because people will be held accountable for their actions, 
Uh, it implies free will. Because it, it, yeah, that somehow they can decide. But he's also trying to maintain that they're predestined so that God As is the example. one that decrees. He makes God makes the decision on whether or not someone will believe. Jeff. Well, it came back to the word example that you used earlier. It's like, then we can see here's the example of someone who goes to hell. But the, but the question I have is, who's the example for? So that's a very good point. And so for the, the, because we don't see that for the, for the, do we see this on earth? I don't know. Yeah. For the ultra hyper Calvinist, the one who says that God decrees everything, every action that, that would mean that God decrees our thoughts and he decrees our conclusions. So whatever we observe, God, God decrees our translation of what we observe. So, so if if it was the case that God is making vessels for wrath to demonstrate His power, well, that that would just be and His love and, it, and His say. love. Um, it, it would it would that would be really weird because God is the one that ends up translating that our our perception of whatever we see. Are there like seven or eight hyper Calvinists left in the world today? It's no? definitely a minority position, but there's a lot of them. But they, but Piper, Piper and Sproul, they, are they, they have Piper? a lot of. They, Whoa, they don't. They don't I, volunteer. Whoa. They don't volunteer that. Can someone please just define hyper Calvinism? That's the second round of Jeopardy, where you're allowed to uh, <laughs> wager your entire amount. <laughs> yeah, and then. But uh, don't worry, the choice has already been yeah. determined. So. Yeah, it yeah. Doesn't so, matter. so hyper hyper Calvinism is that. So they would be a, a five point Calvinist. All, all letters of the tulip, but they would say that God predestines those for hell and predestines those who, or sorry, God predestines those for heaven and actively predestines those who would go to hell. And then what, what we're calling super hyper Calvinists would be the ones that, that say that God- So pre- hyper is not enough. Super hyper yeah. Calvinists. <laughs> and when you collect five of them together, they form <laughs> yeah. Voltron yeah. and they're able to destroy the world uh, together with their uh, powers combined. Yeah. Uh, with the, the super hyper would say that God decrees every action. So nothing happens outside of God's decree. Cal Voltron. Yeah. Cal Voltron. <laughs> uh, so everything, everything that happens, God decrees it. You you had no Abs- choice in, in absolutism. So it is, yes, it, it, okay. it is. We are pawn, got it. We are pawns on the no, on the chessboard and got it. being moved. For people that don't know, Scott mentioned tulip stands for total depravity. We're not going to go through all these, but thank God because uh, I'm looking at your screen right now and it's a lot of it's text. Small text. Unconditional election is the U. In case you were wondering, limited atonement, irresistible grace. Uh, preservation of the saints, and I said that like there was another letter. There's not. <laughs> it's either preser- preservation or perseverance. And and that's uh, it. Uh, so, so um, another way, super hyper Calvinist can also be. I just remember the the term uh, exhaustive divine determinism would be the term. So, so divine determinism is that God determines things, but then exhaustive is He determines everything. Okay, and. And it right. should be noted that most Calvinists would say would say God decides who's saved, predestines who's saved, but he doesn't predestine who he doesn't save. And it should I mean, be noted this is one of the big contradictions they run into that they try to work around. And I have the next right. series of clips is seven of them called yeah. Chris State Does Mental Gymnastics. 
um, they have to try to get around these that because God ordains who's saved, it doesn't mean he picks who's not saved. Zach, that's good. I, feel I like, want to get, I want to get to this. Well, but, okay. but, but it, it feels no. like it's the dumb and dumber. Well, no, no, it's just, the dumb but, and dumber clip, which is just let it, it's yeah, just but, him but saying, just to, just to point out, so you're uh, saying there's a chance. No, no, yeah. no, just, just to point out that the question that either Joey or Judd asked earlier and, and to, to put Chris date, um, to make him make a decision is that the reason it's a problem is because God could have saved them, but he didn't. Right. So that that's why it's a problem and a contradiction. Thank you. Thank you. Hit it. When you're faced with a choice to either you know place your faith in Christ and be saved or not, um, you every you have every ability within you, every capacity to choose one and not the other. There's nothing forcing your hand in the moment. Not your biology. Not your chemistry. Not your past. Not people around you. Not your environment. Not Satan. Not your flesh. Nothing is forcing you to choose to reject Christ or to save Him. But you are predestined to do the one or the other. So this idea that somehow predestination nullifies choice just is logically invalid. It makes no sense. So Whoa. When, so when he says nothing, he excludes God from that nothing. Also, uh, it feels like we just need to get him to define what he thinks predestination means. That'd be, that would be a good... <laughs> any, any, anytime, anytime you're talking to someone about theology, ask him... Like definitions are vital because yes. if, because predestination is uh, uh, the way I fundamentally have always understood it. Do you have a choice in what's going to occur or not? If it's predestined, Jeff, for you to drive home and narrowly avoid an accident, there's nothing you could do to change that. You don't have a choice in the matter. I got in an accident. You did? Yes, because if I narrowly avoided it, I have. Hit. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not uh, sure what just happened. I don't know what just um, happened there. Let's move let's, on. Next let's, clip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you you didn't get an accident. You narrowly avoided an accident. If if you didn't have a choice about like basically if that was predestined. Oh, it's there, not like a near miss. If that was, yeah, it is a near miss. It is quite by definition. The near miss. By definition, <laughs> it is the near miss. You you narrowly avoided an accident. Or by a ton, whatever. You avoided an accident. How close it was doesn't matter. The point that I'm trying to make is uh, no matter what you could have done, meaning no matter what choice you could have made, you still would not have gotten in an accident. And that's what predestination is. You were predestined to not get in an accident when you drove home, meaning there's nothing you could have done to have changed that, which means no choice that you could have made. (laughs) Sorry, I mistimed that. I thought I, you were, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm no, sorry. It's, it's not your bad. I was I was trying the, to find it. The, uh, <laughs> the ordained part reminds me of there have been times where I have stood on a cliff and I have thought, God, if if it's so true <laughs> that I'm you know there's great things ahead, I can jump off this cliff right now. Oh, I wish I had the key and peel. You could fly. Oh There's been more than one time where I have been in like a life or death thought of like, yes, I can do this, and then I don't. Because it that is not in well, me. You can do what? I could jump and I could live. Jump into what? A cavernous hole that's two thousand feet with down. water or whatever. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Jump with off. Nothing. Doesn't matter. Off the Empire nothing. State Building. Sure. So right. I would say don't do that. No, no, no. But the point being is, 
is something something actually pushes people to do that. Yeah. And you know, and then there are people who they don't. And so the idea of being ordained to you're going to be chosen or you're not going to be chosen, there's there is something in us and every individual that in certain circumstances, some people step and some people don't step. I know that's a morbid thought, but there is there is that differentiation between people. And it, I, I there is something to it's, the ordained believers, followers, yeah. and the not. This is where I think... Hell mm, and heaven, sorry. Those but, that are going to hell and those that are going to heaven. And those Christians kind of ride kind of a blurry area where we we believe God is all powerful, but also our lives, the evidence of our lives is marked by choice and we constantly. Don't, yeah, and we don't have answers for the like future, like really right. what is out there. So most Christians hang out in the mostly Arminian, but leave room for God to intercede when he can. And all these things, when you take them to their logical conclusions, reveal something about God if that is the way God is, in, however you're perceiving him. And I think why, I think, Jeff, you're engaging a lot right now. I think this conversation is can verge on being in danger of your eyes glazing over for good reason. I think a lot of people check out at some of this theology stuff, but why I think it's important is that you guys Just, tell me what you think of this statement. What, I don't know. I'm lost on you dropping your tea. What are you talking about? Important. <laughs> what are you arguing about? What are you talking about? Arguing about? <laughs> you can't drop the first T. That's the word. That's ridiculous. It's. <laughs> it. you, you tried. Continue, Zach Crater. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what you think about God, or how you think God feels about us, will affect how you feel about other people and how you treat other people. Yeah, yay or nay in this sure. group. Yeah. You, you think there's something to that? How you love God is how you love others. Sure. Yeah, or how God loves you. How God feels about you. Let's just say potentially. Wait, finish your sentence? How God feels about, let's just say how, how God, you think fe- God feels how about God you. How God feels about creation will, af- how you believe God feels about creation will affect the way you feel about creation generally. If you, yeah, if we are reacting in love, if, if our love to God is a reaction to God's love to us, then yes. And I think those, it can get murky. I'm not making specific statements about everybody, but yeah. generally, and, and that's why this oh, conversation is important. Yeah. And Jeff, just, so just for, um, just that kind of specific example you were saying. So when Jesus was tempted yeah. in, the, in the, in the desert by Satan, Satan, Sa- 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 he did a pretty good job. Satan, uh, he said, uh, he said, Wait, Son wait, of God. Can you do this in an accent like Vladimir Putin? Ooh. But uh, that's not how he talks. Uh, I can't, uh, probably not. Throw yourself down from nice. here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. That's definitely East Indian. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> it started great, though. I was there going was with the, uh, yeah. Um, and... Welcome it, to Verizon. So Satan, Satan quotes scripture saying, hey, throw your, Jesus, throw yourself down. The angels will guard you, right? God, God will take care of you. Um, but then Jesus said, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So like, don't tempt 
God, even though like the scripture yeah. is there, but no, the print, there's a principle there that's saying, don't, don't do things that you, that are inherently bad. Like throwing yourself off a cliff is inherently bad. Or don't try to tempt God like Mary Magdalene did. I'm just kidding. I was just trolling Scott right there. But, like, <laughs> testing, <laughs> testing, hoping, testing, hoping for a miracle, testing God, hoping yeah, for a like miracle. Saying, hey, if I, God, I, I'm in your hands. If I my, jump off this cliff, but if you if you have some great things for me, but if I take my hands off I, the I, wheel, I won't die. Yeah, drive and take my hands off the wheel. Oh yeah, I got auto. Yeah. I got an autopilot. Never mind. Yeah, I did yeah. that better. That's good. All right, all right. This is mental gymnast uh, number three. Where is number three? Did we do this one already? When you're faced with a choice to either, exp- you know, yeah, we did that one. Let's go to number four. I like the vocal fry there. Thank you. That by far. God, you did it again. That by far. Oh my gosh! This is um. This what? list is keeps reordering itself. Oh no! Great. It's it's. Are you sorting by uh, last played? Here we go. Go back, go back <laughs> to Atreyu. What are you te- are you telling me that when Atreyu from the Neverending Story? That's what I thought. Whoa! Hold on. Which Bible are they talking about? So he's ta- he's making metaphors. Or analogies is probably better on story writers writing characters and how the characters have agency. Mm. And this is never ending story. Faced with a decision to either go through the bog of despair or not, he's not making a choice. I mean, come on. Are you talking about that Neverland or whatever? Never I'm talking about the, yeah, any story is authored by an author. The the characters in the story are making choices, dude. And again, I do not forgive me earlier. I don't mean to sound like I'm making fun of you because that's not my intention, Chris. So please forgive me. But um, dude, the character's not real. <laughs> <laughs> And that I mean, w- and I mean, with all due respect, <laughs> I mean, and Chris State is such a smart guy. Like I would think he would have thought that through better. a little bit. I felt like during listening to this, and it's worth listening to. This is not a total. It can feel like we're piling out a little bit, and there is a little bit of that because none of us are Calvinists. Mm-hmm. So again, hit us back if you are a Calvinist, and we're not, and you want to have input into this. But that's not totally true. What you're a Calvinist. No, I, I leave room for both of those things to be able to occur. I leave room for God to be able to act on things and also for humans to be able to act on things. Well, yeah, you're an Arminian. Yeah, most yeah. Arminians, because prophecy, every, virtually everyone, every Christian holds to prophecy being a, a real thing. And so God can yeah. say yeah. things. But they can't all be like me. Right. <laughs> but yeah, the, different, the difference would be that God... God de- says that something is going to happen, but he doesn't decree every individual action that leads it. up to that thing. Yeah. I thought that was hyper though. Yeah. Well, you, you've, so when you're talking to a Calvinist, you got to ask them, like push them on that point, make them, make them commit to either God div- exhaustively decrease things or not. Tune in next week on the Calvinist power slam, or we nail those <laughs> Calvinists to the, so what, what churches are Calvinists around here? Ooh, I don't Any, know about them. Generally, Presbyterians. Presbyterians are Reformed. So, uh, I mean, Village Church, they're Reformed. Um, 
they're Cal. I mean, Reformed is generally Calvinist. Like some of them would quibble. We're not Calvinists. We're Christians. We follow Jesus. <laughs> but yeah. uh, there's a lot. Albert, Tim Keller. Yeah. Albert Al- Moeller. Albert Moeller, who's president of Southern Baptist Seminary. I mean, th- there's but a not big all seven, Southern Baptists are right. Reformed, but there's like right. So what's the purpose of preaching? That's a really good question, and I think there's. Like, what's the purpose of like? I mean, if, I realize if it's, it's preordained. Why do we or need event, right, or right. evangelism? Why why do we need evangelism the, at all? What's the point? So the, right. so the way they the way Calvinists answer that is, um, for one, we're commanded to, so that it'd be being obedient to Scripture, and then two, that God uses means so that people that will believe, He uses He uses human humans preaching the gospel so that people will believe. We don't know who will and won't believe. We don't know who will and won't. So we got it. We, the gospel still has to go out to everyone because we don't know who are who are the uh, chosen and, and not. You could be the you could be the way that God has chosen somebody. The means by which the means by which the yes. dots that connect. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be a recipe for mental health issues if you follow it consistently. I think what Chris Date is a very smart human being. And he is hyper logical. And so what gets him into trouble is when good questions are asked and people hold their feet to the fire. He, he will not bend that logic. A lot of, a lot of Calvinists I know will kind of like leave wiggle room and they won't admit to certain things that are problematic that are logical. If what they believe about God is true, Chris Date is like, I'm going to be logical no matter what. And so this is where you end up with analogies Mm -hmm. and stuff that can be like, Falls what? back on the uh, and so never Chris, ending story defense. Chris Date is the one saying Atreyu is not a real person. No, no Judd so. said that. Judd. Oh, Chris okay. Date offered Atreyu as a, okay. as an example that that uh, the character had the ability to choose. Choose right, leaving out the that somebody wrote the character. <laughs> no, right, right. Which we're we're getting to that. Uh, okay, see where your thing came from. I'm writing a book. I'm the author, and you know. You know, I could grab one and, you know, I'm holding a book. This is like a he has novel, a big gulp in the background. So I wrote this book <laughs> inside the cover of the book and a slim Jim. Nothing happened that I didn't decree. Solid. I agree. I am a Calvinist after all. Well, then nothing inside this cover had freedom. That's not true. Every single, every single. No, I mean, every single. It's action not true any if you're character- a Calvinist. OK. All right. Well, I love Joey when he laughs, man. That southern, you can hear the southern accent in that laugh, and I just, I don't know, it's just disarming. (laughs) Do you have? uh, Did did Chris Date just kind of stop after the laughter? Uh, Because I, well, let's just go straight to the. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm curious as to what he would say. Um, that the author, uh, the. Because the trade doesn't exist, it's <laughs> like the best line. Well, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't even have a will. <laughs> and that and was the story. He does. That, that was the whole. But that was the whole point. Was it doesn't matter. <laughs> he does in the story because his will was given to him. And, his will. We're using yeah. air quotes right now. His will. And, and all the other characters. His predestined would, will. All the, all the other characters in the story would only know that Atreya has a free will if the author writes that they have it's okay going the whole thing. okay before going back to the last podcast where we mentioned uh john eldridge and yeah. the boot camp and stuff yeah the, the 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 process of going through like movie clips and stuff mm-hmm. is like 
all these stories are borrowed from the original story of Jesus coming to save. And so while Atreyu may not be a real person, if you're coming from the thought that, you know, of John Eldridge and Ransom Hart, they're like this Atreyu is a Jesus character. It's core, well, it's core to the human I mean, ex- experience, right. right? Like these stories are, are are meaningful to us because we find connection with them in our everyday lives, right? There's but a yeah. universal but it's, aspect but it's, to them. Absolutely, it's totally universal, and it didn't start like in 500. It, it started at the beginning of time. Sure, yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's a different area. I know of the. I know yeah. it's a good it's a good point, but yeah. it is what he's. Yeah, it's a little point. color to the conversation. <laughs> well, Zach. I think I think he's trying to pull that in. He's trying to like find yeah. this universal yeah. human story that exists within it. And the problem is that his example is not helping his own position. No. It's hurting it. In fact, mm. yeah, this is a good uh, example of like if you were to come on the podcast. I mean, I would welcome Chris Date on the podcast. I would not want to structure it as a debate because he would destroy me. Maybe as a debate, but what it's an example of like maybe Calvinism is true. But in this conversation, the more they let Chris talk and how hyperlogical he was, the more it just kind of, in his mind, it solidifies his point. But for me and for them on the the show is like, I just, there's, I'm missing something because I'm not computing. Yeah. So they're at the bottom of the hill and Jack says to Jill, let's go run up the hill. So they brought up this. These are not that separate in the con- yeah, yeah, yeah. conversation. They're bringing right. up the Jack and Jill. Like, what if what if Jack and Jill could do something different? And so they do. You're watching that happen. You see Jack make a decision to go up that hill. You see him tell Jill, "Hey, let's do it," and you see her agree and follow. Where is there a lack of choice there? There's no forcing of their hands. There's nothing yanking them up that hill. They're not robots blindly following computer commands or anything. Those people, Jack and Jill, in this world in which they run up the hill, make the decision to run up the hill and nothing forces their hand. And why did they make that decision? They chose to. But for, for you'd have to ask Jack and Jill that. Maybe it's because uh, up at the top of the hill is the a author. well that need, they need to get some water from. This is a terrible example. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because this is, we actually, there, there is correlation between an author writing a book and God creating and giving input into at least some parts of what is going to take place. So there, there is correlation there. It just doesn't. It's, it's, I think the problem with this is this is like the worst example of, of how academia loses, it loses common sense. Right, and so he's he's arguing a very academic point, and and in the midst of that, he's losing track of the common sense of like you are arguing on, based on a fictional work that was created <laughs> by an author, and you're missing that whole point. Maybe somewhere deep down inside, you you've you've tunneled down in, into a, a some level of logic that allows you to make this make sense. But the mental gymnastics have have really had to exist for you to be able to get there, and so at face value, like the the rest of the world looks at this and goes, "Man, you're not passing the sniff test." We all know that that's a book, and a dude wrote it fifteen hundred years ago. Yep, and I think uh, what what a lot of us do, and what Chris does to an extreme level 
is you've got a presupposition of something that is true. And then everything is interpreted through that lens. And with Chris, it's like, I, it's hard and fast. And so if, if God's sovereignty is that everything is preordained, he has to interpret everything through that lens. Now I know he would say he's going where script, he feels like scripture leads him. Um, but scripture, he used to be somebody that believed in an eternal hell. And then as he examined scripture, he felt he, that changed. So there's room to change his view of God, but the, you start with the presupposition and then you build on that. You're not going to be open to new arguments because that goes against your presupposition. And that's what he's coming in co- into contact yeah. with here. And I think sovereign sovereignty of God is a, is a good um, area. And I, th- I think for a lot of Calvinists, it's the, that idea to, to maintain God's sovereignty that they they think in the way that they believe it, yeah, that he he has to decree these things to maintain his sovereignty. If he doesn't decree them, then he's not sovereign. And so, like for the Arminiast, for example, or to contrast, the Arminian for the Jeffian, yeah, would 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 say, well, God is sovereign. He doesn't need to decree on who goes to hell or not for him to be sovereign. Sure, just that definition of sovereign is different than what the Calvinist tries to maintain. And I think that's an important part because God can God can still be sovereign and allow free choice. So Jeff, when you became became a Christian, how how um, I'm curious how clearly defined was God's character and God's you know uh, yeah how how clearly defined was God's character to you when 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 you first became a Christian? Was it defined as this like? Very uh, rigid, stiff, uh, like hard guardrails. This is exactly who God is, and and outside of that, anything outside of that is clearly not who God is. Or was it more like we have an idea of who God is in general, and we know these things about Him for sure, but we we don't know God in His entirety. So it wasn't in Roman numerals of uh, like one and. One A, one C L I, right? I'm it, just trying to get like, was it like it was? He's God is clearly this, it or was very, we know this much. It, it was crystal clear in what God is and what God stands for. What my perspective on who God is? Did and, a salamander lead you to golden tablets, <laughs> Andy? Tell Zach. To shut up. Jeff's not even looking at me. Zach, you need to shut up. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Andy, uh, can you tell Jeff very that clear. I received the message? And <laughs> Zach is going to shut up. Shut your mouth. Back and forth grade. Passing notes. Scott didn't even do a TH. That's how committed he is to dropping the T. <laughs> no, it was, it was very clear. And it wasn't so much of what... I don't think you... I really thought about... And, and it really nothing was there about like what God isn't. It what is the purpose of God and his people. So it's like someone who's doing good work. They don't think about like robbing banks. Like that's not a part of Mm. their world. They're just, Mm. they're doing their, they're doing something that takes the, it's like going down a path and never falling off that path. It's like, you don't know anything other than this goodness going down this path, but you know when you're off of it, yeah, 
And that's where you know this is not you this is not God. Ex- you had a powerful experience, the kind that most like old Christians that have been Christians forever crave. They wish they had that experience. You had a an experience of God. You had kind of a mystical right. transformation. And the, problem, and, the, and, the, and the challenge with that is I know when I'm, I know what that, I know where the center is mm. of like everything. Like things are fantastic in a certain place. Like if I'm, if I'm doing life a certain way and when I'm not, the what sucks, what's good and the advantages, disadvantages, I'm like, when I'm not, then I know it and it, it hurts. And I think we talked a little bit about this last time. If like I mentioned imposters, like I'm watching a show imposters and that's, and so there is a, like, uh, like being like a false self or, you know, trying to kind of, you know, not be totally truthful or honest. And, and I'm like, I already, I know it. And I, and it, that, that hurts because I can go back to when I accepted Christ and I could feel like I've walked through a door that for all of good things, I never ever want to go back out that door. Um, and so, you know, the negatives that come up negatives being, uh, I shouldn't be doing this or I can feel this is not the right thing, but still maybe I, say it, do it, whatever it might be. And so there's, you know, there's a a very clear picture going back to your question. It's a very clear picture of the goodness of God and what that is to me. Um, And who knows, maybe that was preordained, um, Scott, maybe it's preordained that I would, you know, continue down this well path. your life's not over so maybe it's pre-drained that eventually you give up your salvation and you go to hell so give well, it a chance well i might find a clip uh, you know in my tailbone today and you know yeah so i do a little thumb on the weeds yeah who are, Just, who are you to tell god what he's gonna you know, this, do this, oh. this does lead to all the weird conundrums when you're it's usually when you're in youth group like can i wait i'm saved now but can i lose my salvation mm-hmm. like it leads to like these real questions that are existentially well, it goes uh, tra- back to your traumatic. It goes back to your spanking earlier. Like I can feel God spanking. I'm going to invent that spanking machine me by the way. a little bit when I'm I'm off the rails. All right, I got one more clip. It's probably already been invented. <laughs> <laughs> well, with COVID, it's like, what else are you going to do? Got to invent a theology spanking machine. <laughs> uh, that was the clip all right guys Uh, next sounds like to me it like seriously like it would fall into the same category for me is i'm assuming that a circle can't be a triangle while it's a circle but the problem with that is that circle and, and triangle have definitions that are mutually contradictory. Predetermination and freedom do not, unless by freedom you mean libertarian freedom. But I'm not arguing that libertarian freedom is consistent he, with predeterminism. Yeah. Right there, Chris Date, it, it, it's the key that unlocks the whole thing. He's not talking about actual human freedom. That's if, the problem. If there's actual libertarian human freedom, it's in conflict with predeterminism. This is where he's choosing like the seventh definition in Webster's Dictionary of freedom, and he's choosing to build his whole argument off of that, which Dude, is the fucking bullshit 
academic move that pisses me off so much. Well, and it's not the way most people think no, about that's choice. The problem. Nobody that's thinks why. about choice. It's right. because and he's picking like he's he's cherry picking some random edge case of edge case definitions to base all of his stuff off of. And and that is the that is the bullshit that people look at academic theologians and go, you're detached from reality. Yeah. And this happened, you know, past the halfway mark. And unfortunately they didn't really like that. When I heard that, I'm like, oh dude, that jump on that right there. So humans don't actually have freedom. God is actually preordaining things. Yeah. And this freedom you're talking about within the story is just pretend freedom. He's because playing, He's playing semantics. Because God is the author. All the Christians would, would See, agree with the author aspect of it. But for some of us, it's like, here's a playground. Yeah. For me, it's like, it's an actual playground. No. And we can really fuck shit up if we, if we do, if we want to, uh, unfortunately. And so there's real freedom to, there's real emphasis on your actions matter as a human being and acting like Jesus. And then there's somewhere in between is our most Christians. I know mine, mine's more radical, but I hold it loosely. I'm, I'm open to, you know, new things. Loose but when radical, I heard that free radical, they kind of got distracted a little bit and they never really hammered on, on that. Yeah. But I found that the more he talked, eventually it's like, there it is. That pisses me off a lot. That really makes me mad because he's, he's playing word games now. And when you're playing yeah. word games, it's generally because the substance of what you're trying to get to, you either can't come to terms with the fact that you've got holes in your argument or you're sitting there and you're struggling trying to respond to someone who's just pointed out that you've got holes in your argument. And and so what he's now done is this such a narrow definition that's going to allow him to maintain this. It's It's a little academically dishonest. And so hearing that you can tell I'm pissed off. Let me hear it. That one, makes me mad. Just, I know it's short. So let me hear it one more time. Okay. Let me cleanse the palate. It makes I me want to go get some potato <laughs> chips. <laughs> I also just wanted to get but, some but potato chips. It sounds chips. like to me, it I, like seriously, like it would fall into the same category for me is I'm assuming that a circle can't be a triangle while it's a circle. Because of the definition. But the problem with that is that circle and, and triangle have definitions that are mutually contradictory. Predetermination and freedom do not. Unless by freedom you mean libertarian freedom. You mean actual but freedom? I'm not arguing that libertarian freedom is consistent he, with Oh my gosh. Yeah. Unless by but freedom you like mean by me, the standard it, definition like, of freedom, which every single human pretty much operates yeah. off of. Jeff? Thoughts on the replay? <laughs> well, the idea of sh- triangles and and circles, I mean, one, they're bull shapes. Um, <laughs> Praise the, the Lord that you're leading our children <laughs> into the future. You know, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> but the, the freedom that you, you guys were like, oh, libertarian or actual freedom, freedom. What explain it, it pissed me off because what he's trying to do is he's trying to like find some weasel way out of saying, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna look for some seventh level definition of what I really mean by freedom when the whole time this whole argument has been based around do everyone's you, general understanding of what we of mean cho- by freedom. Why do you need of having to, choice? This yeah. is this is Bill Clinton's yeah. well, it depends on what the uh, right. definition of is is. And, and that's what that's libertarian freedom is real like real like actual standard freedom. definition that 99 yeah. percent. so he's trying to say with. he's trying to say he's been using free will 
in a way that means it's that cheap. you don't have an actual choice. Which that is God not... decrees things, but He's saying you 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 do it in time. But and, and really, so this is what the Calvinists will do, and He's not the only Calvinist that does this. Uh, no, He's just the most honest one you usually hear. You don't. Mm. Most Calvinists, you won't get to yeah. where it's this ridiculous because there's there is some wiggle room and nuance that a lot of them will do, and they can form really pretty sounding arguments with their tongue and get you distracted from the logic of it. But God bless Chris Date, man. And God ordained that I would say that to him on this microphone right now. Coworker used to have a mug that said, God bless you with a finger flipping you off. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, God, Jesus might forgive you, but your ass is mine. (laughs) Uh, That was Steve Uh, Austin, right? (laughs) So so the Calvinists would go go into... Wait, your um, ass is mine. That's Shawshank Redemption. I thought that was Chip Judd. Oh, sounds like Chip (laughs) Judd with the DDT. (laughs) Suplex. All right, Scott. Scott, Uh, The Calvinists will go into uh, your will. Um, And so they'll say, you do things according to your will. So that is your free will. But (laughs) then... They'll say that God is the one that gives you your will. Like your will comes from the decree of God. Like our, so there is like God's will be done. No. Well, so yes, that God's will be done, but then he, your actions end up being from your will, your will. Right. So you, you're free, your, your, your will to do things. But we're also conduits of, but God, God. is the one that, Decrees it gives you well, your right. will. Yeah, it's why like people. So that goes back to the pawns. Yeah, comment. Well, the, like, the, the critique of, of like sending ki- like the garden with Adam and Eve. It's like sending kids out and then getting pissed off when they come back with mud on them or whatever. I, that might be a different conversation, but it's like, do they do they actually have choice? Or if you or if you knew that that was going to happen and then you hold it against them. Is kind of a version of of uh, foreordainedness. Well, no. So I think that would be. Di- I think it might be a little different. Yeah, but knowing it's in the ballpark, knowing that knowing that they're going to do something. I'm, maybe I just touched on Molinism. Right. Knowing that someone's going to do something isn't the same as ordaining it. Andy's going to eat Pringles now. Oh my gosh! This is the worst podcast move ever. But I got some Pringles. Do not put well, your mouth there near the mic, Scott. You end up having. An end result and everywhere in between leads up to that end result. So the free will is in like everything that someone actually does. I mean, literally breaking it down from like their daily life of how they interact with people. And then, but ultimately, if you say, oh, then it was, you know, ordained that this would, that X, Y, and Z would happen through that person. And God willed it to happen. And from beginning of time, that person was already set in motion, even before they were born, that they would do X, Y, and Z, and that would connect the dots for others. And, you know, they were used as God's conduit to make certain things occur and almost be if executed within the world um, and the spiritual battle everything um we seem to be on god's chessboard or his game board or whatever you want to say which i'm a little i'm a little like uh no i might like my whole soul says absolutely not 
There's absolutely no way that that is the way God set things in motion um, with with everything that happens in the world. And the the idea of an ex- example, going back many, many, you know, earlier in the podcast, uh, many minutes ago, it, like, we don't even see hell and heaven. You know, it's like, these are examples. It's like, that doesn't happen. We don't see, like, if we literally saw, like, pits of hell, go, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. What, what do I have to yeah. do to not do that? Just accept Christ so I don't ha- go to hell? Like, well, to be fair to the Calvinists, they would say that it's it's yeah, please for, be fair for the afterlife. So when after we're right. after we die, right, then we'll see the distinction that God has made between those who go to heaven. Can and I those just who are wait? It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. I have a praise report. Oh, you want to do that now? Wait, I just want to. I just want to thank. I just want to Pringles so bad. I just want to thank God for putting Andy in my life. <laughs> <laughs> to bring you Pringles? Why are we laughing? And not only Pringles, but the best flavor of Pringles. Oh, the sour cream and sour onion. Sour cream and onion. Yeah, may these may these mics be forever blessed with that flavor oh, for the rest of their yeah. lives. Oh my god! Communion. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that, this is the most uh, this is the most upset I've ever been on the podcast. Good. That academic wow. dishonesty really really pissed me off. I thought now, I would have thought I would have got, taken that honor, but oh yeah. no way, man. You, yeah. You, he didn't say it was the most set, upset I've been on the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have a different story. I think you and I agree, Scott, more than Zach and I agree. Yeah. That's I'm probably true. I'm, I recognize that more and more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, that's mostly because, um, most because Andy wants to glom on to the review we got a couple, couple episodes ago. <laughs> no. It said that Scott was the smartest bro. No, we didn't say that. You would have heard it if you oh, listened. Oh, don't act surprised. Scott, episode 159. Oh, so I wasn't... Nine. Oh, was... Okay, yeah. I'll have to... I'll, so now I'll go back and listen to that <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, you should actually listen. <laughs> Supposedly, you left the actual review. That might have been my review. But don't <laughs> don't get too comfortable. It wasn't supported. There you're, was no support to the argument. It just said it. You are T-Nizzle. <laughs> but don't, don't get too comfortable so because, as we've learned, Chris Date... I guarantee you his IQ is higher than mine. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if he was here and on the podcast and he was the podcast, he he might be the smartest bro. Oh, definitely. It doesn't, I would, yeah, it doesn't I'd agree. correct shitty theology. That's fine. Yeah. He does that for a living and we're just uh, doing this as a side hustle and not getting paid. Oh, but if you want to send us booze. That's so. a little passive aggressive. You don't know it. But Zach actually called you out and said, yeah, oh, he knows Scott, Scott might knows. be the smartest. But his theology sucks. Oh, he did say that. That's true. That's right. Scott, you wouldn't expect anything less. No, I, I like it. And I, I guarantee you, Scott thinks, well, I'm smarter than Zach and my theology's better. I'm At least one of those. <laughs> there are crumbs left now. Definitely the theology. Yeah, I would this. say I would go with the theology. Well, I, uh, lo- I love you, Scott. And Andy, now that it's, it's becoming more and more clear that his theology is terrible. <laughs> now, now Zach has to say that he loves you. <laughs> the problem is, is that I sit squarely the in between. reciprocation now, squarely guys. in between you both, which means like, that literally, if you hate me, you also have to love me. <laughs> well, you're like literally right in between us and probably theologically, it's, yeah. it's metaphorically true. Well, yeah. it would be cool though, since we disagree so vehemently on uh, uh, theology, if we maybe do some of those disagreements, but go into as much depth kind of as we've gone today. You mean like read the Bible? If you, you know, if, um, you know, if you, you want. know, 
What was surprising, <laughs> like that, the Chris Date conversation with Chip Judd, there was Bible in there. I know I didn't clip a lot of Bible, but there wasn't as much Bible as you would think there would be, huh. which in a way I kind of appreciated. I think they were trying to keep it like a little philosophical and, but um, it was a good conversation. It's worth listening to. I don't think now we might be doing him a disservice. Maybe we're not steel manning Chris Date's side of the equation, but I didn't clip it like gotcha there there wasn't a lot of context or rebuttals that would have like firmed up his position more well can we Um, throw can we throw the link to the uh the episode in the show notes for sure and And you said it's only like 45 minutes right yeah Ah, that's listable i think we really did cover a bible and we did refer to never-ending story and that is the new test that's right right that's a good point Mm -hmm. yeah you make a it's yeah a tray you yeah. So I, I think just with Calvinism, it's important to and any theology, and it's kind of why I've I've I'm the clarifier. Uh, getting to the definitions is important because you they, someone might be going working with one definition while some the other guy is working with another. I agree. And it's not fair to each other and to the listener if you're using different definitions. Wait, wait, wait. I know. Wait, so I know. Scott, what do you mean by fair? Because because it was a bait and switch. It's like he's <laughs> clarifying. Go yeah. ahead, shut up, Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree. But my my issue is that he knew better. Thanks, Scott. And Chris should know better because he debates people. He's debated people on Calvinism. He knows better. It's it's kind of like yeah. in it, in its worst form. It's a dirty trick. It's a dirty debate trick. And that's what I mean. Like this is ac- this is he's playing academic games right now to be able to try to make a point so it can fit a narrative that he's trying to construct. And I get that. And in debate, that's what you're trying to do. And you will purposely try to choose these avenues that will support your side. And you will purposely avoid other ones. It's when it gets that obvious that that far down the line, all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. We don't know what the definition of is is. Oh, great. Yeah. And at that point, like, how can we have a debate now that we can't rely, like, we can't agree right. on the fundamental definitions of yeah, words that right. the rest of the world, like, no but, one's arguing about what these words are supposed to mean. Well, before you know it, you know, Bill Clinton's got millions of teenagers being like, no, I haven't had sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he started Low jobs it. aren't sex. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what Andy was saying. The Mormons are like, wait, we can run with that? Yeah. Well, yeah, because you could. You, you, there's a technical definition that sex could mean something that leads to pregnancy. Okay. So anything outside of that is not sex? Butt stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not, By the way, it's not listener, a practical Zach definition. Zach had his hands in the air worshiping to butt stuff. <laughs> Good grief. Doing the Y from YMCA. <laughs> Oh, open wide. That was, that was worth two points. Oh, man. Uh, any more clips for tonight, uh, Zach? Execute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We're all going to hell. Oh. Okay, so did you did you guys talk about that on the last one? So all the all the prophecies, the COVID-19 prophecies, but all the prophecies about Trump. Yeah, they did not come true. Did not come true. Dude, on all the 17 so dates. So many. Yeah. So many prophecies that Trump... Not only would he win, like be elected 
So like they could say, oh, because you know no, it was it's still fraud. happening. We're, what's yeah. the date today? It's the fourteenth, fifteenth, fourteenth. It was supposed to happen yesterday. I think. No, oh, that was a new one because <laughs> it was March third, I think. And then it I thought it was on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah. I do think it might be the twentieth. Yeah, and could be um, Saturday. Yeah. So all the all those people that prophesied, if they when they when you say, "Thus saith the Lord," this is what God told me. I had a dream from God. That it makes you. It makes them a false prophet. The Bible says, don't listen to them. You know what? Actually, I bought stock in false prophecy. <laughs> it's going through the roof. Actually, it was options. I bought put options. Mm. Nope. <laughs> calls. I bought calls. Yeah. I'm still learning about options, apparently. <laughs> bought calls on false prophecy, and man, it's going through the roof. False prophets. P-R-O. Yeah. F-I-T. The, the pro... pro, pro <laughs> what do they call it? Pro-Vixie? That was great. Uh, yeah. It's the Fapixie. Oh. If it picks I really so, wanted to call that yeah. episode that. So Chris Valentin, false prophet. Sudar, I forget his name. These represent the opinions prophet. of Scott Holbert from... No, they don't, Zach. Oh. No, they don't. Oh. Because you threw a oh. poll out and oh. didn't talk oh. to any of us. Okay. You're, like, you're like, I do what I want. Okay. <laughs> By the way, when you guys do what you want, that's on you. All right. So we should talk about the poll. Actually. I'm a hater. We did have a poll. Yeah, the poll. The Zach swung on the poll. The, the poll. The poll. Um, yes, I threw it out on DePaul? Twitter. Absent any context, so the people that see the poll are going to be having similar reactions to you guys when I told you, which was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. Are and you afraid so, you're going to be sued? Maybe it's a learning experience. You know, maybe I was wrong. Well, what did the three people say? Okay, I'll tell you exactly. <laughs> That's messed up. We, we got thirty-three percent that said. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to track with the people that understood the poll or thought they did. Okay. Seen by 15,000 people, responded to by three. <laughs> did anybody see the art for, uh, uh, man, the wheelchair and the presidential thing? It was just it was from no agenda. I think I know what you're talking about, Dude, but no, I haven't seen it yet. St- like the, the, I mean... Come on, man. All right. But Joe, so, oh my God. The poll on at Bros Bibles Beer on Twits said, the author of Jack and Jill predestined that they would go up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Your possible responses. So they necessarily did. Now, I'm keep in mind, I'm limited. The characters Necessarily like we needed water? Like they had to. Okay. They were forced to go up the hill. They necessarily did. Or they could choose not to. Or this analogy to God sucks. This analogy to God sucks. Is winning at 67%. We got a clean 33%, so they necessarily did. No votes for they could choose not to. The irony is, the correct answer is, so they necessarily did. Um, because they were predestined to. Like, in the yeah. in the frame, the way I stated it, yeah. That's the right well, answer. A, according to Chris. According to Chris, but also Chris was arguing for they could choose if they want to. They could choose not to if they want to. They had that yeah. freedom. It's just so Now the the rub the rub is So I think yeah. it was actually in a weird way a brilliant poll question, but absent any context, it's right. Absolutely absurd. And I with using the words predestination and then you might use the word elect or destined, uh, those words predestinate, pre, predestined, 
or predestinated, I guess if you're the King James, and elect are in are in are in our English versions, and then those Greek words roughly correspond to uh, an, our English definition. But that doesn't mean that it's the definition that the Calvinist has for those words. That predestined could be, well, it does mean something other than God decreeing that you would believe right. or not believe, and then elect means chosen, um, but it means something other than chosen that you would believe or not believe. Like So like the elect of God, the original elect of God was the nation of Israel, but as we know, there were many of them that ended up dying separated from God, that many that rejected Jesus, but these are the elect of God. So just keeping the definition... Um, yeah, it's worth, context, yeah. it's worth noting, too, that a lot of Christians look at, like, biblical scholarship. Like, we get a lot of stuff from Augustine and, or Augustine, and Calvin uh, and Luther. Like, a, we draw a lot of stuff from them, and there's a lot of Christians that's like, that's when scholarship ended. And there's a lot of new scholarship that sheds new light on scriptures in a way that those guys though powerful in their own time, did not have access to. And so um, there, it's worth looking into. Like, look at a lot of N.T. Wright with some of the predestination stuff or the new perspective of, on Paul, which is heresy to a lot of Christians, but I don't I don't think it is. Um, it's worth looking up to uh, color or add texture to this conversation because obviously this is a we're touching on things that are super deep that deserve a lot more time that we're not going to give it because... You wouldn't expect that yeah. of us. And we're straw manning the straw man when we refer to magical people somewhere off in the distance who only believe those things. Yeah. So for uh, just for additional resources, um, if you want to learn more about Calvinism, James White is is a, a resource. A lot of people look up to him. R. Also, C. Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes. Um, R.C. Sproul, Rates. John Piper. Rates those those are those Calvin are prominent Calvinists. Um, on the Love non-Calvinist the side. Um, there's a guy named Leighton Flowers, and it's and it's L E I G H T O N Flowers. And he has a he has a podcast called Soteria Soteriology 101, and I think that his website is also soteriology101.com. And speaking of Augustine, um, there's a guy named Ken Wilson. He's actually a hand surgeon. He's a doctor hand surgeon, but he also has a PhD in either philosophy or theology, I forget, but he, he did extensive research. He read Augustine's works in the original language in order, which virtually no one has done that. Um, chronological That's order. Unknowable. Um, but hands and feet of Jesus. But what he's saying, he's, he's saying is that surgeon. Augustine, uh, his name is Ken Wilson, but he said Augustine is the major influence of Calvin. And actually Calvin said, if you want to, if you want to know, like, where I get this from, it's from Calvin. Like Cal- Calvin, or from Augustine. From Augustine. Calvin points back to Augustine, but Ken Wilson points out that Augustine. Thank you for mentioning this. Was um, uh, Augustine was a Latin uh, reader? A uh, he was a Gnostic. He he was a um, shoot. There's uh, another. Also, he didn't. He read Latin, so he was doing a lot of his work based on the Latin, which is not the original text right. of the New Testament. Or the Greek, which would Greek which would be the Aramaic. Greek. Augustine didn't know Greek. Right. He didn't know the Greek language. Right. Assistant to the regional manager. Right. Right. Um, but but Augustine was a was a a pagan Gnostic no, for ten years. Responded to. And and he and 
It was. Um, I tried to get it. Scott's on a mission right now. Yeah, and the, so the but this 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 sect head. this this sect were not Christians. They were they were they were not Christian Gnostics. They were pagan Gnostics. Right. But they um had this idea of predestination that God that God the deity predestines right. people and Augustine for certain things brought that into his interpretation. Right, that's that's Ken Wilson's Turns claim. Turns out people are yeah. human, and people are yeah. human, and people are human. Even the church fathers that we hold so dear, they were right. actually human, like you and me. Right. And Scott, uh, Scott, Jeff, Andy, Chamber, you're get, get locked and loaded for what are you consuming? I'm glad you mentioned that, Scott. Also, fun fact about Augustine, he thought that pre-fall, Adam could control his boners at will. I'm not making that up. Okay, <laughs> you can. You guys can Google that shit. I'm not sure if Ken Wilson talks about that in his book. He might but not because to, it's a little bit. I'll have to go back to the. I think the, he uh, points index. to Augustine. What did Eve look like? Augustine had a moment in a bathhouse. Probably beautiful. Mm, she had, kind you're of, controlling that boner. She had a little orange Itchy. tint to her hair. <laughs> but, I don't know. Wait. Anyway, Justin. I, Gingers? I don't, I don't know what that means. What? I don't know what Jeff went. I, I was trying know. to process what Andy said. <laughs> I I missed that whole thing. It's okay. So, true story, though. Okay. All right. Interesting. I'm going to Google it. True story. About the orange tint? I think, uh, the name I think, of the episode, Boner Control. Now that we're speculating, <laughs> I think Augustine's dad took him to a bathhouse when he was young, and he had an awkward moment and got embarrassed, and that was one of the scars that impacted his theology in terms of original sin and uh, boner control. Dude, I'm typing in... Boner control to Do Major Tom. Do not type in boner control. I'm typing... Boner control Augustine to Major Tom. <laughs> Have safe search on... Wait. <laughs> Wait, boner that control actually goes to Major Tom. <laughs> safe search on... That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, Google is- Augustine boner control. You're <laughs> oh gonna cry. All right, what are you consuming, guys? Oh my gosh! Is that okay that we move on to that? I can't get bo- <laughs> can't get that out of my head. Get those words out of my head, Scott. I mean, Zach. This is boner control to Major Tom. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, that comes from the City of God, but I think the City of God is a fictional work of Augustine. I know it's a Nicolas Cage movie. I do some research, but it's worth looking up. <laughs> Face off. <laughs> the point is yeah. whether the details are not are totally correct or not. The point is right that we're human and we're human. We're human. You look like human. my dad for a second, Zach. <laughs> and everyone knows you can't control a boner. <laughs> So, it's futile. You got to take advantage of every boner. <laughs> no boner Man, left. Man, we really did. Oh god! Sorry, it's it's uh, drifted. Well, if we ever have put uh, bros in the title of bros, Bibles, and beers, yeah. that good god, that's enough. Uh, listener, don't judge us. Hope you haven't listened this far. What have you guys been consuming since we last got together? I am watching. Death Among the Mormons or Death Amongst Mormons on Netflix. Oh. And they, di- it, they didn't die. 
I don't think they die. It uh, they only multiply. It's a another docu series that's multiple parts that we'll see. I'm on part four. I don't know how many there are, but uh, we'll see. Maybe a lot of these, like the Rajneesh one, um, from Oregon, and uh, that one wow. went on a little bit too long. Remember Wild, Wild West? Or what was that called? Yeah, well, yeah, well, Wild, Wild, Wild Country. Country. Yeah, that one's like okay, we get it. it you know, but after you, you don't need to make it ten episodes or whatever it was. But it was a great story. Similar thing. True story in the 80s about original Mormon documents and buying and selling these documents and murder, bomb planting, multiple bomb plantings amongst the Mormons. And it's a fascinating story. And that's why I mentioned salamanders leading to, because there's the Mm. salamander letters, which apparently it would expose that um, Joseph Smith didn't get the golden tablets from an angel. A salamander led him to the area where he <laughs> learned the information. That makes sense. Um, it checks but out. What was what was funny about that? And I I should have pulled the clip. I thought about it. But there's this moment where there's actual Mormons reacting to like, if this became known that a salamander, what would people think about Mormonism if a salamander led him to the tablets, and it wasn't from the angel Moroni? And I'm thinking like, it just reminded me of all the weird beliefs I currently have. Some of the ones I used to have that we take for granted because they're true to us. And to them, like, what people are going to think we're insane if a salamander led them to it. A magical angel brought them golden tablets, you know, like to them, like one is totally real and not outside of the ordinary. And the other is totally false and looks crazy. It's just kind of, it was a little of a, a little bit of a crack up moment. That about, is like, funny. We all like the virgin birth. There's a lot of things that are like, when you really think about them and you imagine yourself as an outsider that doesn't have these beliefs, they seem stupid and far fetched and fantastical. That, so. that, that is part of the, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to restart things. Go ahead. That was good. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm swallowing we this. Could do I'm a swallowing. Whole yeah. I'm swallowing this moment about like man. the whole yeah, why it, it actually helps to the credence of things sometimes. Do salamanders hang yeah. out in the desert? Honestly. No, they don't. Um, no, they need wet climates. Oh, okay. They need wet uh climate climate. They're, they're, they're amphibians. Then there is, then, yes, they are amphibians. Then there is no segue. Are they I made that up? Uh, there is they no segue. Can, could chop so, off uh, since our last podcast chop parts of them off uh, and, and they'll they regrow. Somehow. I've been in Arizona for the last four or five days with my son and so not really consuming much except baseball games and just fun with my boy. Spring training in yeah. the flesh. And we saw the Angels, yeah, play the Diamondbacks. That was a that was a lot of fun. And uh Pujols, man, that guy looks fit. Uh, he's he uh, he looks fit. He better for a fifty year old. Yeah, he went three for three uh, a couple days ago off a couple minor leaguers. Couple no. of single aid. No, 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 no. These were full squads. They really, were, yeah. They had everybody for the first three or four innings. Wow. And then uh, Trout smacked a three run homer. Pujols went three for three. Uh, it it was it was solid. Uh, it was wow. a solid performance. And that game I didn't see. Uh, <laughs> the one I did see, Trout got into a, a double play and then jogged off and went to the batting cages, and we never saw him again. And then it started raining. Um, anyway, I'm, can, as, as far as consuming goes, it was God's will. This is totally lame. It was late at night. My, I thought my son would be exhausted. I was, and I, I put on uh, Double Jeopardy. 
the Ashley Judd, uh-huh. old, old movie. And uh, I look over and my son's still up and he's like on a, on his elbow, like watching TV with me. I'm like, dude, go to bed. It was like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, go to bed. And it was 1030. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm watching the movie. I'm like, dude, this is not really for you. You're supposed to be asleep. You got a game tomorrow. And I'm watching it and I kind of relax and I look over. The kid is now sitting up watching Double Jeopardy with me. People getting shot and, you know, crazy. Dennis Rodman's in that movie, huh? I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> the whole, the move, the, the next day comes and we're in, Jones. we're in a conversation with, uh, you know, some friends and parents and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I've, my kid watched Double Jeopardy with me last night. We were up until like midnight. And then, like, they look over at Caleb, and uh, Caleb's like, you know, Dad, that was a weird movie. <laughs> like, s- said the eight-year-old. Double team. What, double team. <laughs> <laughs> that was the movie. Nah, with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I was say Jean-Claude Van Damme. Double yeah. team. <laughs> double team. Dennis Rodman and John. Fla- anyway. Also, make sure you have safe search on if you look up double do- team. <laughs> not doing much consuming in terms of uh, the Bible. Still not. I didn't mention the Bible. I told myself I was going to start reading the Bible more. I have not. I started and went one week done. Uh, so I don't know. I think I'm I'm falling. Um, it's it's over, Scott. I don't know. God may have asked me to come in, but I I think I'm like walking to the dugout. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm done with done with God. Well, why don't you uh, jump off a cliff and test him? <laughs> <laughs> Scott told me I shouldn't. Jesus, take the wheel. And by wheel, I mean the parachute. Because <laughs> yeah. my wheel has auto God's pilot. using Scott to connect the dots to be like, no, Jeff, don't do it. You might want to see someone about that. Okay. I do love, Come on, Scott. <laughs> I do love how Andy tried. We struggle during this segment of just being like, I'm consuming this. Okay, you go. And Andy tried, but now we're just, we're doing what we do. It's what we do. That was six minutes of stupid explaining about some vacation I took. But people like it. Scott? Uh, Yeah, I'd be kind of lazy. I watched... uh, Wait, wait, wait. I have one more thing. (laughs) Gladiator. I did Gladiator and uh, Shanghai Noon. Dude, that's (laughs) Shanghai Noon. Hey. I Those aren't hate, real. It just classic. popped up on Amazon. I, I like, don't hate. I don't like hate that movie. that movie. I don't think I've seen Shanghai Noon. And then it's Owen, good. Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan. Your kids great, can watch it's it. It's a great uh, combo. Yeah, uh, maybe I have. Uh, Lucy Liu, she's in that. She's oh, yeah. Princess uh, Pei Pei. Princess Pei Pei. Um, and then I did watch another one. I forget. Um, yeah, Shanghai. Um. Been re- yeah, I haven't read any books lately. I've been kind of lame, but I you know I've been uh, started a Bible study a couple months ago, uh, so I study for that sometimes. A um, bunch of new believers, so go through um, just basic stuff like character of God, who's Jesus, salvation, sin, separation, um, how they're gross and they they need to. Stop being like the way they are and stop being gross. Yeah. Stop being gross. Yeah. yeah. That's like the Gentiles, you know? Yeah. Do you, like, you, are, do you tell everybody like, okay, everybody, you know, I need to see your phones, turn your history. Let's see the last month. At oh least. yeah. Install this app and put me as yeah. 
all are gross and fallen short of the cleanliness of God. <laughs> all are gross. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's cool because uh, there's time to ask questions. Actually, the second the second uh, time we met, one of the one of the uh, uh, there's a girl in there, and she brought her cousin, and her cousin just asked question after question. She's used to be a Christian. Oh, that's now cool. she's not, and she was just like. She's fighting. Oh, this yeah. question: How could God allow this? And then he kind of provides some answers to that. But then, what? It, but God does. You know, he wants. He does this, and then there's this, and it's like, oh, good grief! And it was like an hour of her asking questions. I thought she'd come back. She said she enjoyed it, but she hasn't come back yet. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's worth noting. Like, did you respond to her like that? It's like, <laughs> oh, another question. Let me answer your question for you. Like Cartman. Yeah. If someone were to do a caricature of you, uh-huh. like you just did of her, what would you think it sounds like? Do a caricature of you, uh, someone doing a caricature of you. Yeah. Um, I know Jeff could do you. It yeah. would not be blah. I can tell you that. Yeah. It wouldn't be like, uh, yeah. it, it would be very astute. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a very terrible critic of myself. I think you did it. The soundbite, I don't have a hand. Uh, I can it. do it. I like to clarify. Well, you see that um, God, when He does certain things, that if you, you know, know that, anything uh, about God, you know, and if you really thought about it, uh, uh, he took some time thank to you for satisfying this. my. Oh. By the way, get, when I got on the airplane to come home last night, there's a kid walking down the aisle, and it says "bad mother effer" on his shirt, black shirt, and. I, I'm like, did he look like a bad mother effort? Dude, when never, he looked never. like a professional soccer player, is what he looked. I think it was a baseball. So that's a no. He went past, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, Pulp Fiction. And as he went past Ezekiel, what is it, 25, 17, like oh, yeah. the righteous. Uh, it you was, know. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. yeah. I want to tell my that was on the back. When he walked, yes, the when whole he, thing. When he walked by Jeff, Jeff accidentally breathed on him and he fell down and clutched his ankle and rolled around. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a ball player? Oh, yeah. The hand yeah. of the righteous man. It's actually very funny that on the plane on the airplanes, it's just it's stupid. Though they came over with the snacks and the water. There was a lady right next to me, and she it's didn't a dance. Want, she didn't want snacks or water, and she's like, uh, "Do you guys want snacks?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll take snacks." Caleb was already out. We're like five minutes on the plane. It was a short flight, but anyway, I grabbed the snacks. She, Why she's like, him ambient? She's like, you, "Would you like a snack, ma'am?" She he was up all she, night watching she double says, team. No. <laughs> <laughs> she says no. She says no. I don't want any snacks. She's like, "Put up your mask then." <laughs> what? Like, yeah. I'll take two snacks then, lady. Uh, no mask. I know. Like anybody eating had no mask is like 75% of the people, no mask. And the airlines are, it's safe because of the way they circulate air anyway. It's yeah, like, that's it's how safer. it works. It's magical. Yeah, if that but was the just, case, then it would all be okay. No, I just imagine Jeff like getting his two packs of peanuts or pretzels and just in this it was so slow individual <laughs> like he's using I had my water cup right here half the time like he's, right next to my lip that's way more convenient than a mask he's picking him up with his pinky and his and his thumb in the most slowest possible you you may have just nailed it that yeah. you got it perfect I, I know you and I love you it's been a great night guys it has been a great night. Except for Andy. Uh I have I took I took the day off on Friday, which was glorious. And it's my favorite kind of taking the day off, which is there's no plans. There's no there's no agenda. There's no schedule. It's just I'm gonna take it off and we're gonna see how this goes. So 
like Lindsay and I went down to Strands Beach and uh, took a walk. It was the highest tide I've ever seen there. The like the water was up to the rocks, which was crazy. Um, but it was beautiful and weird to just be out in the middle of the day when I would normally be working yeah. and just cruising on the beach and looking at the ocean, which was gorgeous. And then uh, spend a little time making music over the weekend and hanging with the fam. It was low key, which was good, which was needed. Like I feel like the last few weekends have been, well, the weeks have been go, go, go. So just slowing down a moment, taking a breath and uh, enjoying some time. Lindsay and I uh, just, just uh, hanging out. I think we went to, we went to breakfast afterwards. Schwacks. Have you guys ever been to Schwacks? The Schwacks. Went to Schwacks in Dana Point, uh, which is, has gotten good recommendations from friends of ours, but my food was cold. Mm. Yeah. Schwack is not great. Not great. I had a good experience when I went there the one time, but it's like a fast casual place and the, yeah, it looks like a cool place. It looks like a cool place. And two out of three of us had a bad experience. No, it wasn't. It was, it was cold food and you know, I, uh, I probably should have sent it back, but I didn't, but, um, but that was good. Yes. Doing that. Spending some time making some music on my own, uh, extended periods, just hanging out. It's good. I, I've been able to do some recharging, and recharging was was important. That's what I needed from taking an extra day off. It's fantastic. Than- I want to thank you for doing a two-minute or a minute and a half to average my eight minutes out, so we're like somewhere uh, around four can minutes do that. a person. On your, in your defense, Jeff, it wasn't your eight minutes. It was like your four and a half minutes, and then Scott, and then you, and then me. It's not all on you. Okay. We're, we're in this together. Okay, thanks. We go to podcast hell together. Yeah, I'm doing the work. All right, well. Wow. <laughs> Can we... Uh, wow. Okay. Um, Speaking of do the, doing the work, uh, <laughs> start listening. Anytime... I, I think this is a trigger. This is a new thing. This is a trigger. Anytime uh, anyone on television says, let me be clear, that is the sign that they are now lying to you. Yeah. I've noticed that's the new that's the new version. Let me be clear on this. Oh, okay. Now you're gonna now it's, you're gonna spin it's it. It's a performative. <laughs> it's the latest one. You're gonna be anything but clear. That's a that's a great question, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Is that's it a great one. question? It uh, might be a great I'm gonna, question. I'm gonna talk a bunch of BS right now. That's a great question. And now here comes my BS. Or it could be uh, it could be. I need to think about this. And I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna compliment him, flatter him a little bit, while my mind is like, "Okay, I gotta think about how I'm we'll answering." Circle this. back to you on that one. Yeah. The granddaddy of <laughs> all, all right, Saki. The granddaddy of all performatives is let me say this about that. <laughs> like after that, it's almost always bullshit. But I thank you for listening. Thanks, Zach. Yeah. You're looking <laughs> at me. He was looking at Jeff. It's kind of like I'm talking to the listener. Did, uh, <laughs> did you two guys, by the way, before we end this episode, plan your earth tones or was this yeah, just. What's up with that? Because uh, it is. Uh, Jeff went to Beige Town. <laughs> Welcome to Beige Town, where we sell you all the beige clothes you want. What kind of color beige you want? We got taupe, we got beige, we got tan, any one of those. Desert. They got, they got edgy. <clears throat> They went a little mustard on a it's couple mustard. of the stripes. A little mustard. We got those on a discount. There was a mistake. Someone misunderstood the colors we I, were going for. I literally this pulled the pants out from a suitcase that I had not unpacked this morning in the dark at whatever. And the shirt, 
I had no idea what I was grabbing. But Jeff, I you have nothing stuff. to be ashamed of because uh, you're sitting in good company here, which I, is... These uh, pants are mocha. Zach is say, going to the mountains. Zach these, is in Browntown. These, I, I'm going full lumber sexual. These pants are mocha, <laughs> and I've got a plaid shirt on that says, like, I like creme brulee, and also I can throw an axe. <laughs> yeah. Well, and his socks are matched, too. They're brown. Well, I just dip those in poo. The, okay, yeah. Somebody yeah. take a say. picture of us in our brown so brown we can post it. Always look dirty. Yeah, they just always look dirty. Yeah. Well, and I I'm rocking. Uh, <clears throat> oh, two different color two socks. Two different color socks. You really the same brand blind. though. They're the same brand, but they are different colored socks. Is yeah. that is that Puma? Yeah. Wow. I know Jackson Pollock is not the right word for Andy's socks, but there's a lot of stripes and shapes that do not come into conjunction. I've been it. staring at his feet yeah. for hours. It's <laughs> like it's like the geometry god just was like, ooh, ooh, and then made socks. <laughs> so last year, I was uh, I was working at an event for Amazon in Vegas, and at the end of it. It was there was all of these like vendors all over the place and at the end of it, uh, they and all every booth gives away stuff or whatever, and so I had some free time at the end. I was like, I'm gonna cruise around and get like some free stuff. And usually I do this for the kids. Like I'll just grab. They've got like stuffed animals and goofy stuff. But this year the thing was socks. Everyone was giving away socks, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna load up on socks. And so I have, I, I literally got 17 pairs of socks <laughs> that are all these just like kind of cool, crazy right. looking colored socks. And now because I work from home, there is no reason to wear them because <laughs> I'm just sitting here. Yeah. I got to say, if the listener, if you're still with us, kudos to you. You are loyal. You have really. And we apologize. Walked through. <laughs> deeply. Walked through. Because well, they Some think really something g- important is yeah. going to come up, but no, it's, it's not. Done. It's We're not. done. So, yeah. Yeah, Trust it. me, it's Ooh. not. All right. Until next week, we'll see you back here on the Bros Bibles and Beer, where you can catch us on the socials at Bros Bibles Beer on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you want to catch us on uh, anchor.fm slash BBB pod, you can leave us a voicemail. And uh, any parting shots, boys? Blue balls out. Oh, man. <laughs> Apologize in advance. Wait, no. No, too late. <laughs>